Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Kathy. I'm Kathy Kelly, and you may have noticed that there was not a new episode last week. That is because I was slacking a little bit. I wasn't slacking, per se. I did have an episode. It was ready to go up last Thursday, and unfortunately, there were some audio issues with the upload, so I wasn't able to put it up. And then I was out of town. I was doing interviews in Sacramento, so things just kept on getting pushed back and pushed back. But finally, a new episode of Chatting with Kathy with none other than my good friend and fellow AfterBuzz TV host, Roxy Stryer. She is absolutely hilarious in this episode. We talk about awful dates. We talk about how she's an awful granddaughter because she stole some stuff from her grandma. Uh, She'll tell you that story. It's not as bad as it sounds. But uh, we talk about a ton of stuff, laugh a lot. And I really hope that you enjoy this interview. After the interview, for a couple of minutes, since I'm not going to do a uh, another Q and A, we'll talk about uh, what I've been up to the last week while I wasn't doing chatting with Kathy's. So stick around for that. But without further ado, here's my chat with Roxy Stryer. Thanks for joining me, Roxy Stryer. Thanks for having me, Kathy Kelly. <laughs> on a scale of one to nervous, how nervous are you right now? I gotta say, I'm not on this side of the mic very often, <laughs> so I'm kind of freaked out. Well, I'm gonna ask you the worst questions ever. Okay, I'm an open book. <laughs> uh, okay, so first off, what we do on Chatting with Kathy, it's inspirational for people that may want to get into the industry. So we're taking it back to the very beginning of how you knew that you wanted to become an actress. Ooh, little, little Roxy. She, mm-hmm. was, she was an interesting child <laughs> uh, who stored Skittles in her belly button. That's true. Yeah, I heard that story once <laughs> or twice. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It was a weird thing. When I was uh, little, I went to my mom and she said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, of course, I wanted to be the first female president who ice skated and painted while ice skating with an easel wrapped around my waist. And she said, uh, so do you want to entertain people? And I said, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so we kind of changed focus for a bit, uh, although I still took my ice skating classes. I was not very good. I'm so jealous because I wanted to be a figure skater for so long, and my mom signed me up for ice hockey classes. No. See, that's way cooler. That... No, not at all. Are you I kidding? I wanted to be like Nancy Kerrigan, Christy Yamaguchi. Yeah. See, that's if you're graceful and fabulous. I was really, really low to the ground and and. <laughs> And toppled over. I was too, but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't very good. So I feel like ice hockey. At least it would have. I could have pretended to be rough and tumble. Um, I had too many to bruises for figure skating. Okay. So we we switched careers. Although um, rest in peace, my my figure skating career. Uh, it was it was nice, and I decided I want to be an actress. So then when I was five, I was the bowl of mush in Goodnight Moon. That was my first role. Uh, I think. How do you get into character for something like that? Yeah, you know, it was really difficult. Uh, I carried, this is actually true. Great question because (laughs) I carried around a bowl that was like the most massive, like couldn't even wrap my arms around it bowl to my preschool every day when I went for, I don't know, maybe two weeks and everybody was like, what, what is this girl doing? And I was like, I'm the bowl of mush. I'm the bowl of mush. Uh, And everybody started to call me mush, which... Stuck for a little too long, I think. (laughs) 
Uh, so, you know, it really helped me get into character. But, you know, I did a really good job next time I was Little Red Riding Hood in Little Red Riding Hood. So, yeah, moving five on five and a half, I really moved up. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was my early acting days. Uh, really, you know, took off, see, seen by millions around the world as mush and uh, Little Red Riding Hood. No, I think there was like 15 people in the audience. Uh, most of them made up of my family who mm-hmm. were very supportive of my mush dates. Coming to Oliver's shows. Yeah, of course. And it, some really bad shows growing up. Like really, really bad. I remember there was this one show um, where I we were the chameleons and I was in like a green spandex suit and they I made them come like 16 times. Uh, it was really, really horrifying, and I was, and I sang, and you can hear my voice now. Uh, what it would imagine like if I'm singing, it was like nails on a chalkboard. But yeah. you know, when you don't really hear yourself, you think you're fantastic. <laughs> I love your voice, though. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. I think I got in a Twitter fight with somebody last night because they were like, "Gargle water, you sound like." you know crap and I said listen is that what they said yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) you know you win some you lose some some people are gonna love it some people are gonna hate it I've had seven nodes on my vocal cords since I was younger from screaming so much what are you doing I was a singer and I wasn't singing properly I was pushing and pushing and pushing and I was in all these shows and I would sing in the shower and I would sing in the car and I would sing everywhere I went and and I also was the loudest kid in the classroom i can imagine that yeah it's so weird not like my personality at all you changed so much <laughs> and so i developed these nodules and i've been taking vocal therapy lessons my whole life but they're there so i've, I've got this smoker's voice and i'm and i'm not even a smoker like a 70 year old smoker yeah kind of but you're not 70 yeah for you guys at home I'm, I'm not 70 and i'm also a female people a lot of times they're like dude i love your voice man it's so good what I'm, I'm like oh well who are Thank these you. idiots? Uh, people that are used to manly, raspy voices. I don't know. It, it's it's, it's like still a, a female raspy voice, though. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it as a compliment. I've got a female rasp voice. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, that was that was the young days. I made people come to some really bad shows, and I started just like going around with a video camera and and recording everything. And um, there's vi- footage from me when I was like six, going up to people, and I'm like. I'm Roxy, who are you? And they were like, um, random person on the street. Nice to meet you. And now if I did that, it'd be creepy. Uh, but back then it was, maybe I could get away with it. Or, I, I mean, now it would be normal because you're a host and interviewer too. So Yeah, I'll, again, I'll take that compliment. Not <laughs> creepy at all. Um, so I, yeah, it changed somewhere along the way. I, I wanted to do more than just perform. I wanted to be behind the scenes and I wanted to ask people about their stories yeah. and I wanted to write and I wanted to direct and I, I wanted to learn everything. Um, I, I don't know. I just love, I love talking to people Yeah, as you do as well. Which is why you have this awesome show. Thanks. <laughs> I wish that people could see you, though, because you have the greatest smile. And I, I feel very reassured when I give my responses and you look at me and you smile. I'm like, oh, okay, it didn't just make a, a moron of myself. All right, I, I'm doing okay. But the best thing about podcasts is you don't have to wear pants if you don't want to. Like, today I'm dressed up, but I don't need to be. 
So really what you're trying to tell everybody at home is that I'm not currently wearing pants, but you didn't want to throw me under the bus. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually good. And even when you're wearing you, half pants. That's true. <laughs> All right. I'm wearing those jeans with the rips in them. And I came from being with my grandparents and Grammy was like, do you need money, honey? And I was like, no, why, Graham? She was like, because there's some holes in your pants. And I was like, are you just saying that because like, are you making a joke or do you really think that I've had these pants this long that there are 400 holes in them? I would just do that. I would wear holy pants around my grandparents all the time and then get money for more holy pants that's what i should have just said yes i should have said yes uh but in instead i just stole her shoes that's true these leopard print shoes those are cute are, what are you talking about th- i know they look like they're from j crew they're they're grammy's shoes they're dolce vitas i took them for her closet she asked for them back and i was a bully and i said no do you just think because she's old, she might forget about it soon? Uh, she hasn't forgotten about it. I still wear them around her. I swear I am not that mean of a person. <laughs> I do a lot of things for her. But these shoes were too cute. And I was like, oh, I want those. I'm going to order them online. And they were sold out. So I stole them from her closet. That's and I'm not worst. ashamed. No. Nope. You're I, an awful granddaughter. I'm pretty proud of them. I think they're pretty cool. I get compliments. But you know what? Anytime I get a compliment, I say, thanks, they're my grandma's. So I tell her that. So at least she's getting the credit. For Still, the cool shoe. She doesn't have the shoes, though. That's... Grammy's walking around barefoot. See, I'm trying to put the positive spin on it, Kathy. Okay. You, know, you see what I'm doing there? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think she, she's not walking around barefoot. She's got other cool shoes. She's got some zebra print ones. I didn't take all of them. I've heard some stories about Grammy, and I want to get into them in a little bit. But... <laughs> but I segued. <laughs> um, so... From high school, you went to USC, right? Yeah, I For did. Theater. I did. I, um, you know, I had a, in high school, I decided, like, I'm not sure if this is really for me. And I took some time off of school. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I, How I, long? A year. So I went to three years of high school. And um, in the middle, so after my sophomore year, I dry left for a year. I thought I was dropping out, but I came back. So whatever you call that, a hiatus. What did your parents think when you wanted to drop out of high school? Uh, you know, I have the I have the two coolest parents in the world. They're both. My dad was in the rock and roll industry. Mm-hmm. My mom was a total rock star. They're just like hippie, fun, great people. Uh, and I was not doing. It wasn't that I wasn't doing well in schools and I wasn't getting good grades. I was always getting good grades, but I was just not fulfilled as a person. I was like, I, I don't feel like I'm helping anybody. I don't feel like I'm doing what I want to do. I don't feel like I'm performing I don't like none of these things Which that is I a wanted crazy thought for a 16 17 year old yeah I was 16 and I came to them and I was like guys I can't do this right now and they were like okay all right let's look into alternatives so I started working my mom would have been like you have to go to therapy <laughs> what are you doing well I definitely did that too oh okay they, they definitely helped me with that too you know I I, uh, I love you Nancy she she helped me many many times a week um but you know I think that everybody has their own path and I kind of strayed a little bit and then came back. But um, I started working at Children's Hospital. And when I was there, uh, one of the things that I found that the kids loved to do the most is they would put on little shows and they would do all these performances. And it would, I, like, watching them and helping them do these things and bring in uh, sort of costumes and write stories, it really got their mind off things. And it, it made me remember why I love doing what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I did go back to school, Everybody was like, you're never going to graduate. You're never going to get into college. And I kind of flipped everybody the bird and was like, watch me. Um, And then I I flew to L.A. to audition at USC. um, And I was accepted. And so I went. It was my dream school since I was a little figure skating nugget. 
Um, Isn't that the best, though? I love, like, one of the things that I love is proving people wrong. And so when someone tells me that I couldn't do something, it just makes me that much more motivated to do it. Absolutely. But I don't blame them because it it was a weird path. Uh, But yeah, it was the best feeling in the world when I got my acceptance letter. And I was actually in, I was back in school. It was my senior year. And I was in my acting class. And I got a phone call from my brother saying, hey, you got an envelope from USC and it's really big. And I just started hysterically crying. Because they're not going to say no in a, ty- or in a huge envelope. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was ex- exactly. And I was so happy about it. And everybody in my class kind of was like silent. Like, oh, holy crap, what just happened? This, this girl, well, we were wrong. Uh, so you're right. It's the best feeling. Was that weird having the people that you grew up with and were in your same class go off to college and you still be in high school then? So I didn't, I wasn't still in high school. I, I came back and I graduated in three years. So oh, I took extra classes my gotcha, senior gotcha. year. Um, I graduated on time. It was definitely weird the year that I was gone and I would be out with people and we'd be going to the movies or at a party or something. And they, I would be like, how's class? And they would be like, it's great. How is whatever you're doing <laughs> everybody was didn't want to really like they talk didn't know about how it to, like they tiptoe around it a yeah, little bit i grew up in a in a city with people the a percentage of people that went to college and graduated 99 percent of my class graduated so it was like really kind of unheard of they they didn't really know it was kind of taboo they didn't know what to say what to talk about what to even ask about yeah um, did you apply to other schools because you're from boston so why i mean emerson is like your backyard yeah i did you know i i applied to 12 schools uh and i auditioned at six of them and i was really blessed and i was accepted to all of them um so i it was it was a really That's good awesome. yeah i was accepted all the ones i auditioned at the only school that i didn't of the 12 i didn't get into one school and i'm and i frustrates me because i felt like they were one of those schools that sent me an application and were like oh. we're waiving the fee you don't need to write an essay we want you apply and i applied and i didn't get accepted and i was like you you put a blemish on my record on purpose Mm. bullies but I can't really complain because I everywhere I auditioned I got accepted to um I Emerson was one of them it was an amazing amazing school amazing program and I I loved it there but my dream was USC and it was in LA yeah and it kind of just I don't know you know when you're younger you don't even know why you want something so bad you just know what you want so you run towards it that's kind of what happened yeah so I I took the 3,000 mile plane and here I am still uh, speaking of planes, what do you think about talking to strangers on airplanes? Oh, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea where this one's going. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm a talkative person. Yeah. I like to know people's stories, especially when they're sitting next to me on a plane and they have an entire camera crew walk by them and you wonder to yourself, hmm, who is this person? What do they do? Want to ask your follow-up to what we're <laughs> How did you about? get involved with AfterBuzz, and how did you come to know Kevin and Maria? So Kevin and Maria, obviously our creators and our EPs of this place, um, were making a movie. And they were flying back and forth. They're also from Boston. Um, and they were going, they were coming from Boston, going back to Los Angeles. And I was such a brat. I was at my brattiest. They called me trouble, trouble at the time because I just was like full-blown Roxy. Um, and I was standing 
waiting in line to get on the plane and all of a sudden to be perfectly honest here's what really happened I was starving I was so hungry and I had no money I was completely broke I had no money and I knew that in first class you didn't have to pay for food on the plane Um, but if I went into coach I would have to spend the eight dollars and I literally don't think I had it in my account so I went to uh, the front and I was like do you guys have any first class seats available and they were like yeah uh, you have to pay for an upgrade and I was like listen I fly this all the time I, I'm a loyal member to Virgin America I am here constantly and I was making such a big scene and Kevin saw me um, and they finally were like okay just get on the plane you can have the first class seat and I was like oh my god thank gosh I can eat dinner tonight like that's who are you that's literally <laughs> what I was thinking but I was being a psycho and finally they let me on um, and I ended up sitting next to Kevin the camera crew walks by I turn over I'm like so I'm Roxy hello who are you like introduce myself we ended up talking for the six hours and he was just starting after buzz it was brand new uh and he was like listen you are you seem to be a little bit of trouble but i think i like your energy and you know <laughs> i'm starting this new thing why don't you come audition for it and i was like okay um and we, I did. I did. I came. Um, Grammy actually brought me to the studio. I didn't even have a car at the time. Oh, my gosh. And she said, I'm going to walk you in here. And I said, why, Grammy? And she was like, I don't know this person you met on a plane. I don't know who this is. This is the sketchiest story I've ever heard. Which, looking She's back. Yeah, it is a little sketchy. It's a little sketchy. Um, but, you know, I went. And here I am. It's almost six years later. Uh, we did our first show at Emerson. Everything moved to LA. Now we've moved studios. We're in this like gorgeous facility. I know, it's crazy. I, it blows my mind. To see the evolution of everything that, I mean, you were on the first show and it's starting with just the, the Jersey Shores and being drunk the entire time and a three hour long after show for a half an hour series. It's crazy. We would literally sit, there was no cameras. There was, I think it might've only been one mic on the floor. And by the end of the show, there would be 15 beers lined up, just a couple of people. Kevin would be pulled off the mic because Maria would come in and be like, (laughs) Kevin, what are you doing? Get off of that mic. You're coming home with me. You're coming right now. And he would be like, okay, yes, Maria, whatever whatever you need. Um, And later on, she'd be like, guys, you can't just sit around and talk on the mic and get drunk. Look at these numbers you're getting. People are listening to you. Do you want to be those people who are talking about Jersey Shore for three hours and you're drunk? And we were all kind of like, yeah, I think maybe we do. <laughs> and and then I think Aaron Kevin realized that it, it could be something bigger. It could be something better. And it, it evolved. And every day it evolves. It's been the weirdest, the weirdest thing. Every time I come in here and I see a new face or I see a new camera or I see a new, whatever it is, I'm like, holy crap, we were drunk on the floor. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, I remember hearing stories about you from Kevin when I first started at After Buzz. So we've known each other, what, like three and a half years now? Yeah, maybe even longer. Yeah, four. Um, But just all the time, like, oh, yeah, Roxy's probably drunk somewhere. (laughs) Because you were still in college. Yeah, that was the rep that I got. And it's the rep that I've kept. And (laughs) I'm okay with that. I really am. You know, I I think that I, I show up. I'm on time. 
I'm pretty professional and I drink a lot. And mm-hmm. those are things that I have realized that I can do. But you're a very hard worker. Like that, usually when you hear someone is goes out or parties a lot, you don't think that they also work very hard and you work your ass off. I do. I really do work hard. And people actually talk to me about that all of the time. They'll say like, how do you wake up then? And you know what? If you, if you can't wake up and you can't get your job done, then you can't do the fun things at night that you're doing because yeah. it's obviously not as important um but kevin yeah from day one he used to say to me i thought you were just gonna be a party friend because i do i go out i drink and he was like i never thought that you were gonna stick with this company he loves his party friends too yeah he does he does love his party friends but you know what he, he loves his real friends more and that's why he has you and that's why he has me so i and that's why we have him we're very yeah. very lucky um but yeah it's been i can't believe that when you just said that three and a half i think it's almost been four years We've been here for a while. I know. It's changed a lot for the better. What is the um, best piece of advice that you've ever been given by Kevin specifically? Because I know he's full of it. Like, oh, so yeah. many pieces of advice. Uh, Kevin s- says a lot of different things. But the simple one that he said to me that I try to live by every day, which sounds a little strange at first, is think less, do more. Uh, and he's constantly saying it. And at first I was like, because I am so in my head. I think a lot of people are, especially women, and he'll point that out. Mm-hmm. Anytime I make any decision, I'm like, is this my brand? Is this who I am? I don't know. Do I have the hours in the day for this? How can I How can I be there in two places at once? All Will this, this prevent me from doing something else in the future? Exactly. If I say yes to this, what else could have happened? I, and I just get so in my head. And he sat me down and he was like, listen, think less, do more. And it started making it so that I would just say yes to all the opportunities that came my way, every single audition, everything that I was, people were asking me to do. Will you cover this event? Will you do that? Whatever it is, I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Um, and because of that, I, my career has done so much better. My life is so much better. I'm a way happier person. And I try to not be in my head as, and think about the what ifs all the time. Although, you know, they creep in sometimes. Yeah. But that's going to happen to everyone. But I I love that. And I think that most people would say, think more about it. But he gave me the complete opposite advice, and I live by it. Mm -hmm. Hypothetical. You have a time machine. Mm -hmm. You're going five years into the future. Where do you hope to see yourself? Realistically or, like, in my dream of dream worlds? Both. Okay. Why Uh, can it be your dream? It can. It can. You know, um, people that I really, really love their careers and respect, um, Lena Dunham, Mindy Kaling, people who produce their own work, they write their own stuff, they star in it, they they help out all the people around them. I would love that. I I love being a host and I love hearing people's stories and I, I never think I'll stop that. But if I could make something that could that could be a channel to tell other people's stories and I could also help uh, you know by acting in it by writing things oh my god if I could produce write and star in a show that people cared about and it mattered and affected people that would be the biggest dream of all time for me yeah and so in five years, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, it could happen, right? Yeah. Just keep on the grind. That's the other thing Kevin always says, just build the tunnel, keep your head down, keep on digging, and one day you're going to have uh, the light and the whole tunnel behind you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to do that every day. I'm, every morning I write and every night, and I, I watch every show there is, and I, 
I take every acting class that I can and I and I come here and I'm on camera every day and I try to just stay focused and look for different stories and different places and and help people as much as I can so that in five years hopefully that does happen for me I think so the, the people that it. that work that hard like you're going to it's going to happen for you eventually I I believe it I believe that things change and dreams morph uh, but I believe that something is going to happen for not just me but for just the people here in general for people that are involved with Kevin and Maria and that are involved in AfterBuzz or, or not just the people that are working every single day that you and I interact with all yeah. the time how can you work that hard and how can you be that focused and not have something happen for you because you meet a million people out here who say they want something and you say oh well what are you doing to get it and they're like sitting and praying like just really hoping one of the things that kevin always says not to keep on talking about him but he says there are people that want something and there are people that actually want it Mm -hmm. because the people that want something you can say oh i want to be the next angelina jolie or the next mindy kaling or tina fey but if you're not working towards it you don't actually want it and very rarely will it actually happen now there are some people where that just does happen falls into their lap right but i wouldn't want to be that person yeah more often than not it's the story of you know john ham who you hear was working at it for 12 years before he ever hit anything all the time all the time and i i think that that's really important for people out there to remember that if you are working 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 there's so many stories of people who decided the next audition after that they were going to quit uh and then that's when they book something so it's like you never know when you're when your next thing that you write when the next thing that you directed the next um interview that you did whatever it is is going to be something that's going to change your life yeah uh, so for me this is this is it like I am I am in the entertainment industry whether I'm living in a box or whether I'm living in a mansion um, it doesn't really matter this is it for me yeah. what kind of things have you written uh you know I I like to write right now I'm working on a pilot uh it's I'm so exciting it's really exciting I think it's good um I'll show it to you yeah I want to read it yeah of course I think it's good it's it's fun and uh there's some really interesting characters that are quirky and I have a writing partner she also is a host here Sarah Stratton she's fantastic Mm -hmm. we're very different I know you guys have done shorts in the past yeah we worked on some shorts together uh and you know it's been awesome the people that we have been involved with hosting have offered to help in so many ways whether it's standing there and literally holding a boom for hours or whatever it is they're like yep i'm in whatever you need uh which is awesome Mm -hmm. it's a great community but uh we worked on shorts now we're working on a pilot we had a table read um and now we're going back for edits we had a script doctor uh john comerford look at it who's amazing so good he's, he's incredible uh and he really liked it so that was so cool for us uh and yeah we're just we're trucking away on that right now and and working really hard on that and then i also all the time i'm looking at other people's stuff and i and i try to help them and doctor things the best that i can uh because i have taken some classes and over at usc and all of that stuff so uh i'm I'm always writing different things and also just like short stories something will happen and i'll just kind of write it down weird weird stuff goes on sometimes and i'm like yeah. wow i don't know in what capacity i could ever use that but it's got to be something so i have a, i have a notebook phil makes fun of me because i usually pull out my notebook midway through something and start writing and he'll look at me like 
the heck are you writing? <laughs> I have uh, a note in my phone where I just write stuff down and it could be like three in the morning and I'll write something down and I'll have no idea what it means the next morning or it'll be a brilliant idea. That's so true because sometimes I'll look back and I'm like, what? I don't even know what that... And then sometimes I'll look back at something that I did maybe two years ago. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what to do with this. <laughs> this is awesome. I can't believe I haven't done anything with this yet. So uh, yeah, I think a note in your phone is way more convenient that that's always with me the notepad's kind of awkward when somebody's telling you something and you can't even pretend you're texting you're like oh hold that thought say that one more time yeah all right mm-hmm. yep got it okay wrote that down cross the t dot the i they're like oh, you can't just write what i'm saying do they then have intellectual property yeah you know you got to talk to them about it yeah you got to get their signature on the notepad I'm just kidding, but yeah. Um, or give them credit. <laughs> yeah, of course. Gotta give credit where credit is due. If the story's about somebody, then all credit will be given. So are you still in acting classes then? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I was in more. Um, I've been picking up random things. Like I just took a commercial class or I'll be doing workshops. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of a BS excuse when people are like, I'm busy. Uh, but I have, I've been busy because I luckily have been working. Mm-hmm. which is is good but i i want to be taking i'm looking right now around la for once a week consistently um uh, at night because i think it's important even if you are working to keep honing your craft and keep working on things and also meeting people that are going through the same struggles or having successes and 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 just helping each other along your journey so i do want to be in a once a week class but right now i'm just kind of picking random things up here and there yeah so I see you as someone that doesn't really care what others think about, but I want to know, how do you deal with auditions? Because that is just one of those situations where everybody is judging you. Yeah, really good question. Auditions are tough, man. I For a long time, people ask me what I did, and I say, I'm a professional auditioner. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. I hate them so much. When you spend 30 hours a week auditioning that's a job Mm -hmm. that is a full-time freaking job you know um and so whether it is for features or for hosting jobs or commercials things that you don't care about at all things that you want more than anything uh you have to kind of go in with the same mindset every time which is i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna do the best that i can and then i'm gonna leave and not think about it ever again Uh, And, you know, most of the time you're not going to get that call. And if you do get that call, you you can feel really great about it. But the best thing you can do is set yourself up for success. You work your butt off. You you learn your sides. You practice. You practice. You figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, And then you go in there and you, you do the very best you can and that's all you can do. Yeah. One of the things that I struggled with when I first started auditioning is when I didn't get a job, I would think that it was my fault, something that I did wrong. And then after I started booking things, I started talking to either the casting directors or the producers, and they're like, oh yeah, the reason why we picked you was because you're a brunette. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, what? You're like, do you mean Not because I had a good audition? I know. I know. And they're like, yeah, uh, we picked you because you're a brunette. There was actually a project we wanted to use you in the, on in the past, but we needed a blonde. Like, And you're like, oh, okay. So note to self, read casting director's mind, dye hair based on what you believe casting mm-hmm. director wants, go in there and do that. It's like you, you can't possibly know what everybody's going to want. So you just have to do the best job you can do and be you, the mm-hmm. youest you that you can be. Because um, eventually... 
it'll stick. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is tough, though. I mean, when you do hear no so often, you have to have a different kind of skin. Not even just thicker skin, like, like, like reptile skin where nothing can penetrate it. It's like so, so hard when every single day your job is to wake up and hear no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, that's pretty much what it is all the time. Um, but, you know, I think that it, it kind of helps in life. Because it, it makes me know, like, you, you know, anytime that you hear no from anybody or whatever it is, my expectations are like, okay, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There's nothing more I could do. Uh, but I think that some people, some people don't prepare as much because they hear other people say, you know, there's not that much you can do. You just go in an audition. And I don't think that's fair. Mm-mm. It's not an excuse to not do the best job. Um, but it is, it is okay if you know you did the best job and you didn't book it then you can't be mad at yourself what's that quote uh luck is when opportunity meets preparation Mm -hmm. yeah no that's absolutely absolutely because you know everybody has their own process but when people tell me oh my process is not looking at the sides no my process is not researching the company at all that's not a freaking process yeah like that is just called laziness to me and also another thing that I learned about auditioning I'm a very talkative person and I used to go into a room and there would be 50 girls and we'd all be sitting there and I would turn over to the person next to me and I'd be like what are you what's your name and what are you here for and whatever and I think that some people can do that and that's great but I learned about myself that even though I'm like that in life I'm not like that before an audition. I need to freaking have laser focus. Really? Yeah. So do you compare yourself to other people in the room or it's it's not even that. It's that I am so concerned about them. Like when I walk in, I get so concerned with other people's stories and other people's careers and lives that I'm like rooting for people in ways that makes it so that I can't concentrate on myself. Yeah. And it's not like any of us are in life competing with each other it, you know there's room at the top for everybody mm-hmm. there's room in this in, uh, industry for everybody there is a lot of competition <laughs> yeah but when you go into an audition you need to be focused on yourself mm-hmm. and on the role do the best and, that you can do as right you said. so I, I when i used to go in i used to schmooze and i used to talk to everybody which i see other people doing now i go in i sit by myself i whatever whether it's put in my headphones or just look at the paper or whatever so people know like I'm like I don't want to be talked to right now I can't I can't concentrate on you and me which seems harsh but it's just the way that I figured out I am yeah so I I do feel bad because I I try to still like afterwards sometimes outside I'll be like oh how did you how'd it go for you because I I want to be friendly but you got to do you in there Mm mm-hmm so I watched uh, Amy Schumer's comedy special the other night I'm obsessed with and another girl boss Uh, just someone that's like creating and producing her own content but she said that auditions are what makes LA dating the worst because all the guys have such insecurities about themselves because they've been told no so many times at work now they like fear hearing no from girls what do you think about that Uh, you know I I agree in a couple of things LA dating is the worst. I'm I'm with her on that one. Um, That could contribute to it. I feel like it's more that a lot of people in the industry, um, men and women, are very focused on themselves. 
And I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like I was just talking about for auditions, I think it's a place of life that you're in. Sometimes you need to be all about you. Um, I think some people are more capable of being all about them and also giving to other people. And some people just aren't. And I find a lot of men in LA are all about themselves and aren't quite capable of being about somebody else so they grow up a lot later yeah (laughs) the 40 year olds that have roommates yeah i know and it happens all the time um i think it takes them longer to figure out that you can be a supporter of yourself while also being a supporter of someone else yeah uh and so i don't know if it's that they're getting told no all the time but that could be a part of it too they they need they constantly need reassurance from somebody so Mm. maybe they're they're looking for it in their love life What's the worst date you've been on in L.A.? Oh, God. You want to... This is the worst dating story. Okay. It's, it's so bad, Kathy. I oh, want to hear it. Oh, my God. It's it's so, so bad. There's this guy who's actually an agent. And in the industry, really, like, we we met... This is the one date I ever went on through a, an app. Um, okay. Which one? Um, Coffee Meets Bagel. Okay. So I, I, I've only ever had one app. It was Coffee Meets Bagel. It's the only date I went on. I will, I'm now off of all apps and it just isn't for me. So we went on, we went on two dates. The first one was okay. I was convinced by my girlfriends to go on a second one because they say, Roxy, you're never dating. You don't see anybody. I don't know why they're my Jewish grandmother now. <laughs> you're, ne- you're never going on dates. You don't see anybody. You don't give anybody a chance. Just give them a shot. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I'm going to go out with him a second time. After the second time, I knew it wasn't for me. He was so touchy-feely. He was, I, I thought that he was going to be like this grown adult. He had a very How old was he? Uh, good job. Um, not not that old. Maybe like 28. Oh, so okay. I usually, I try to, when I do date people, I usually date older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he, you know, he had a very stable job. And I felt like, okay, this is somebody who wakes up, he goes to work, he has a career, he has his own life. Great. He won't be that needy. But he was. He was super needy. Touchy and always like trying to hold me and hold me. I was like, oh my God, this is really freaking me out so he asked me out for a third time and I responded and I said listen I think you're awesome I think you're a really great guy um unfortunately I don't feel like we have romantic chemistry I wish you nothing but the best uh hopefully see you around he wrote back and he said bye Felicia that's all that was the whole response that was this isn't the worst dating story I've heard we're not there yet we're not there. I then didn't see him for two months, bumped into him at the bar when I was sitting talking to another guy. He spots me from across the bar, comes over, turns to the guy I'm with, says, are you her next victim? The guy I'm with was like, who the heck is this guy? And I'm like, um, hi, how are you? And he said, you know what? You really broke my heart. I can't believe how rude you were and what you did. Goes, turns around. I'm sitting down. He's standing up. Farts on me. Wafts, <laughs> wafts it wafts it in my face. Says, eat my beep and walks away. How do you fart on command like that? It was so embarrassing. So <laughs> uncomfortable. He literally looked at me and said, eat my crap and farted on me and the guy that I was sitting with wafted it on us and walked away. I was mortified. What did the guy that you were on the date do? What was his reaction? He said, 
who is this? What? Like, what just happened? And I was like, I, I'm not lying to you. And I don't know how to make you believe me that this is a guy that I went on two dates with. Like, I, I didn't break anybody's, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't even dead him. Like, I didn't never respond. Yeah. I said that I, am I not allowed to not be interested? And that's what I got. I got by Felicia and then I got farted on in public baffling and we haven't spoken since that's the whole story <laughs> that's LA I really hope you don't run into him again I or you really do hope so I that do. you can have great stories to write about uh, is, is that not one of the worst weirdest mm-hmm. stories I just can't believe that I had a similar story it's not as bad but I went on two dates with this guy he's nicknamed by all of my friends drunk Ryan because Ooh, love drunk Ryan. Uh, I see him a lot uh out and uh we went on two dates didn't work out he was a really nice guy wanted nothing but the best for him and wrote him a really nice thing um just because that's how i would i mean like i would want some sort of closure that's what you would want so that's what i thought even though too. it was two dates and so he was fine with it when it ended didn't do the bye felicia but next time i saw him and he was very drunk at a bar you tried to fight one of my guy friends in the mm. bathroom because he thought that you guys that were, we were dating and we weren't and even if you were why yeah oh god like actually threw a punch kind of fight like let's step outside kind of thing it's kind of embarrassing because for me at least it was like you know this is somebody that i chose to go on a date with so that's like an extension of me i felt do you worry that that's your judgment but i don't think it is yeah but i I don't know like what, what did you say to your friend when this guy tried to hit him like i'm sorry can you even apologize for that it's not you yeah it's just awkward. It's, I mean, I just laughed about it. Yeah. Oh, drunk Ryan did it again. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I think that we should set up drunk Ryan and buy Felicia and see how they do as as a bromance. Would they be besties? Ah, it feels like that because this guy he might as well be drunk by Felicia. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I I think that they could they could really hit it off. Speaking of besties, mm-hmm. I want to know. I've heard some stories about young Roxy. But if we had that same time machine, went back 10 years, do you think you and I would be friends? What were you like other than... Well, I don't know what you were like. I was a nerd. I was in knitting club and science club in high school. What science club? Science club, we would do like science experiments. Like we dissected a fetal pig. We... Oh, I had a really hard time. We dissected a frog and I I, I had a very hard time with that. But I used to I mean, to that knit. wasn't something we used to do all the time, but... <laughs> Every day after school, we would dissect the fetal pig. I also loved Panera's grilled chicken sandwiches and I went to Panera right after we dissected the fetal pig and the chicken sandwich looked exactly like the flesh of the pig and I couldn't eat at Panera. My favorite sandwich for at least five years okay but now traumatized. you're back to being a panera lover yes okay good I'm a, I'm a big panera fan so now we definitely can be friends <laughs> now we are friends uh you know i don't know i i say this sometimes but i was kind of not I, I don't know if i'm necessarily proud of the person that i used to be at some point i became somebody i was more proud of but i had some demons that i was fighting and i think that i was a little bit of a bully really um, yeah, you know, not not to everybody, but a, a lot of times I was overcompensating because I think that I wasn't happy with myself um, and happy with the place in life I was. And it wasn't really until I did decide to leave school and all of those things. So I don't think you would have been friends with me because I don't think you would have liked me very much. Really? Yeah. Um, I, 
I don't think I would have been friends with me. When did you realize that you were like that? Um, there was always drama. There was always something going on. And every day that I would come home and I would talk to my mom and she would be like, it's always something. And, you know, at some point you have to start looking at yourself instead of looking at everybody else and realize that it might not necessarily be everybody else in the world and it might be you. Um, and it's a weird realization moment when you when you see yourself as a person for the first time as opposed to just as yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I used to, I think I had a hard time with things and I was bullied definitely as a kid. So then I think that mm -hmm. I became, because I was, I was small and I was chubby um, and any of the guys I liked didn't like me and they would throw things at me like rubber bands and whatever when I walked into class. And one day they, on the clipboards I walked in and everybody wrote like, Roxy loves Joey and made faces on it. So I think that I was always kind of bullied. And then when I became somebody that had wasn't bullied anymore, I turned into somebody I don't think I really liked. Um, so, you know, I'm very proud of who I am today. And I think that I did a lot of things to actively work to get here. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't think we would have been friends because I, I, I think that you're a very respectful, respectable person. And I don't think you would have wanted to be my friend. Well, we're friends now. That's true. <laughs> uh, I've, I've changed. I've changed. Um, but maybe like in some capacities, because I always was like doing, I did knit and I did do theater and some artsy things. So I did theater too. So. Yeah. I, I, I love doing theater. And that was when I think I was less mean because I felt more like myself, mm -hmm. more like I had a creative outlet. Moving forward in your career, because I think we're about to wrap up. Um, what is your dream role? Um, you know, I love playing really, really horrific characters and roles. My favorite role of all time is Charlize Theron and Monster. Um, I, I feel no need to go on screen and look, you know, glammed up. If that's what the role calls for, absolutely. But I love getting deep and dark and into the minds of people that I don't think that I quite understand. Um, so something like that, something like that you can really go all out and just be... A, a person that it's so difficult to try to grasp the emotion um something really really ugly from the outside that's what i'm interested in i think we're a little bit a ways away from there but as long as i keep writing i can write something that can be my dream right definitely that's hope. do you have a favorite book a book recommendation for people oh you know I wish that I was more of a reader. Growing up, my favorite book, and this probably shows my dark, twisted side, uh, was Go Ask Alice. I love that book okay. so much. Um, and then when I read Catcher in the Rye, I felt like those were the two things that just really, really spoke to me. I haven't, I don't read that much nowadays. Um, I read a lot of plays. I read a lot, a lot of plays, a lot of Tennessee Williams and other um, things. So uh, I think that you know maybe those books um i love glass menagerie that's one of my favorite shows um i love rabbit hole um I, yeah I, I love to read things with dialogue i have a hard time reading i don't know i think it's because i i didn't like it when i was younger and i'm slow at it i've been doing audiobooks recently because mm. i can listen to them in the car when i'm working out yeah multitask yeah i'm way better with screenplays or or um, plays because you know we're trained to kind of read through that. You can visualize that. it too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I read Lovely Bones um, uh, uh, this past year, which I know I was late to the yeah late to it, but I loved that book too. So Good. those are a couple of them. 
If you were only able to eat one food the rest of your life, what would it be? Ribs. I love ribs. I'm a carnivore. Um, it's a close call with cookies because I'm a huge chocolate chip cookie person. But I feel like if I only ate chocolate chip cookies, I might be in a little bit of a worse place than if I ate ribs. And ribs, I think, uh, would I could be fully satisfied and happy every single day. Um, oh, my God. I'm such a carnivore. I haven't had one meal without meat in it in, I don't think, my life. What about Skittles? I thought that Skittles would be... Skittles are really, really, really great. But <laughs> if you eat an entire bag, I'm not talking about those little, like, wimpy bags. I'm talking yeah. about, like, one of those a big size bags. Bag. Yeah, king size bag, of course, because that's the only size there is for, uh, in my opinion. If you eat one of those, afterwards you get that, like, oh, I feel sick feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I could feel like that all of the time. Although I, I grin and bear it a lot of the time because I love them so much. Mm-hmm. But ribs, I eat them and I can eat, like, I don't know. I can eat a rack and a half of ribs easy. And I'm like, okay, I feel good. I, I got my protein, if that's what you want to call it, and, and the fat and all that. Mine is cereal because I feel like there's healthy cereals and desserty cereals. And okay, which cereal? Well, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But I ask everyone on the podcast, what is your favorite cereal? Lucky Charms. I, I love Lucky Charms, but it's, it's a really difficult question because it's – it's a part of the cereal. Like, I love the marshmallows. They're making an all-marshmallow box. Right, so that's my favorite cereal. Whatever that's going to be just called. Just marshmallows. Is it going to just be called Charms? Because I feel like the Lucky is the is the Cheerio-type thing. No. And the Charms are the, are the, <laughs> the marshmallows. I feel like if you just eat marshmallows, though, you're not going to appreciate them as much. I, I could see what you're saying, but I am a separator. And I, I segregate my charms from my luckies. That's not really what they are. My marshmallows from my... And I like to eat all of the um, charm... The circles first. What do you call those? Cheerios? Yeah. But they're not. Um, so weird. Yeah. I, I was like that growing up too. My food couldn't touch on the plate. It was weird. It was a weird thing. Okay. But now I'm good. Now I now I mix all of my foods together. But I also really like Apple Jacks um, and Fruit Loops. And there are a lot of close fourths and fifths and sixths. I, I like cereal a lot. No milk, though. No milk? No, no. Just the Whoa. bowl of cereal. Yeah. Okay. I know. It's weird. Yeah. I like maybe sometimes some whiskey in with my cereal. What? It's a real thing. I I heard a story about I don't know if this actually happened, but fraternities that haze using uh, Captain and Captain. Ooh, you Captain to, Crunch and Captain. Yeah, you yeah. have to have a bowl of cereal, and it was Captain Crunch and Captain Morgan's. Morgan. Mm. That sounds disgusting, though. I could see it. No, I could see it. It's got like a cinnamony, cinnamony. Cin- I mean, I think it's supposed to taste bad, so you don't like it. How do you cinnamon? It's hazing. Oh, cinnamon. Cinnamony, though. Like cinnamony. It's a cinnamony taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hazing, but you know, it, you could do worse things. I've heard worse stories. Yeah, I think you would do okay if they said if the worst thing you had to do was have a little bit of alcohol with your cereal. I think you could do it. Yeah, I believe in you. Going drunk to class. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough look. Can't, you Even can't for be that you? person. Yeah, you can't go, you can't show up drunk places. Okay. You can't do it unless it's a party. Yeah. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Mm. Or what's your favorite animal? I, I love um, leopard and cheetah print. But I, you know, I've struggled with this question for a really long time because people ask about your spirit animal. Yeah. Recently, I asked somebody what they thought my spirit animal was, and they said a chameleon. 
um, not because of the play that I was in when I was little with the green suit, but because I kind of, they said that I can adapt to different situations. Yeah. But now I think that might be a mean thing because if I'm a chameleon, it means that I never really like have a true sense of self and I'm always putting on different things so no, no i i feel like i get a real sense of you i i have a real sense of me uh, but so i don't know what's your favorite animal um i okay so this is a question that one of my friends asked me what's your favorite animal and then give three reasons why oh all right so what what are the three reasons so for, for being a cheetah kind of thing um because number one i love the way that they look um i just love that print number two they're fierce um and number three they're fast which i'm actually very slow very slow person but i think that i'm mentally quick sometimes okay maybe not always on chatting with kathy but you know (laughs) in life well this is because apparently my friend's therapist said that if you ask someone that question the three reasons for them liking that animal is actually how they see themselves hmm because I, but so that I, doesn't really make sense. So I like, you like the your way, spots. Yeah. <laughs> I really like um, the pattern mm-hmm. on me. Um, I I think that I'm quick and that I'm fierce. Oh, I'm totally fierce. You are fierce. I'm, I'm the least fierce. I'm so goofy. What? I try. I can I can make like fierce faces. You're fierce when you need to be. Oh, I'll I'll take that. I'm a okay. Well, now I want to change my reasoning. Like I'm I'm aggressive no, when can't I need. Do it. Why? <laughs> Well, what's yours then? What are your three Mine, reasons? Mine, I said a Vizsla because I thought... A what? A Vizsla. They're like dogs. I said dog and then they were like, get specific. It, neither here nor there. I see you playing with dogs on your Snap stories. I know. Whose dogs are those? Not mine. <laughs> I think Friends you're going to one. I'm, I'm at the point where like, I can't... I don't have enough time to take care of a dog, but I really want one. So it's kind of nice to have friends that have dogs. It's like boats. Mm. I would love a boat. I don't have time to take care of a boat, so make friends with boats. I have no friends with boats. Uh, I have some friends with boats, maybe. You can, can I borrow be friends them. with them? Yeah. The friends or the boats? Both. Okay. You can you can borrow both the friends and the friends' boats. Awesome. I just lent out somebody's boat. They'll That's be fine okay. with it, I'm sure. Now it's on air, so it's permanent. Yeah. Hypothetical. All right. You're on a date. You have a wedgie. How do you pick it? Like, how do you am go I about sitting down it? or am I standing? Uh, you're sitting down. You're at dinner. You realize you have a wedgie, and uh, you don't know whether to pick it or not, or how you're going to go about it. First date? First date. I think I just say it. I think I just say, I. oh my god, this is so embarrassing, but I really need to like fix myself. I don't think I use the word wedgie, um, but I think, yeah, because here's the thing. They're going to know. They got to know. There's no way you like smoothly can do that. Because- well, they're not looking at your butt. Yeah, but if you're sitting down, what are you going to do with your hand? Like, pretend something? I mean, you could try to do the scooch method where you, like, scooch your butt back and try to, like, move it. But it never is going to be comfortable. I'd rather just be comfortable. So I think I would just go out and say it and try to pick it. Yeah. I don't know if I would advise people to do that, but that's got to be the Roxy way. That's definitely the Roxy way. (laughs) Or do, like, a... Be like, oh, look over there. Oh, the, di- the diversion. aversion, diversion. Yeah. yeah, I I get that. That's a smarter move. Mm-hmm. You got to make up an elaborate thing to look at, though, because if they turn back to you mid-pick, worse. It'd be based on what they like. Or it'd be something super, like, oh, behind that woman over there, like, the specific place where they can't really, like, look. Unless oh. they look. I don't know. Like, do you see that past those three people deep in the distance? Keep looking. Keep mm-hmm. keep looking. And then you pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. 
I think that it might be easier if that was like a nose pick because that can be quick. The wedgie pick can be long and painful. Yeah. Yeah. It can it can take some time. Another hypothetical. Oh, I love these. Would you rather have bubbles come out of your eyeballs every time you cried or purple smoke come out of your butt every time you farted? I would absolutely rather purple smoke come out of my butt. Here's why. <laughs> Here's why. I, this is true and you know I would tell you I like never fart I really really don't I very very rarely do it um and I want to try to learn how to more I'm not good at burping either you want to learn how to fart yeah, like to, so you can fart on command I have really bad stomach problems so it, like I feel like if I could just fart then maybe that would go away or if I could burp on yeah burp you could alphabet. fart on x's yeah too. um you see them in bars that would be uh, you know a great payback i could never do that if i turned around to somebody and said eat my crap and then just stood there that i would look like an idiot but if i farted then i would look fantastic fart purple smoke yeah fart purple that, how cool would that be that would be really really sick um and i don't think i would be able to cry bubbles because i cry all of the time like i am a, i don't think people know that about me i'm a big crier i don't think i've ever seen you cry yeah i'm a big crier i don't know i get emotional about things which i used to think was a really bad thing but i'm a very sensitive person so yeah. i cry all the time and um i think that it's a good thing to do and i think if i was crying bubbles it would kind of make me giggle and like that that Sometimes cry you just need to get it out yeah so that cry giggle wouldn't be satisfying to me like you can't cry giggle you just gotta cry no bubbles involved yeah what is something about you that I don't know? And I would be surprised to find out. Oh, I already told you the Skittles thing and that I cry all the time. What is something about me that you don't know? Um, mm, uh, this is something about me that a lot of people I don't think know because I'm a very like edgy, aggressive kind of person. Um, but I am... I love to do very what people call domestic things. I I'm a seamstress. I've been I took really? sewing lessons my whole last uh, life. I love to cook and clean things and sew. And those are like passions of mine that are kind of weird. Um, so yeah, I I used to sew all my own clothes. Really, when I was younger, they were so weird. Oh my god, they were so bizarre. Like little dresses that like you know were asymmetrical, and tr I tried to be all cool and trendy. It probably didn't help the bullying. <laughs> do you sew stuff now? Yeah, I, I still do sew. Um, but you know now it's more like I use a pattern and it's something specific. And I wish I did have more time because it takes a long time to do things I love to do. But I, I do. I I'll sew and I'll knit and I and I quilt. So those are some girly things about me. What? Yeah. Do you I have know. like a a sewing machine in your apartment? I have two. I have two sewing machines. Who are um, you? Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird thing. I don't ever talk about it. It's bizarre. But well, um, good thing that no one will know. Yeah, that's true. Good thing I didn't just say it out loud. Just between you and me. Um, no, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm more proud of it than I, than I let on because I think it's cool that when I was little I learned to sew and I, I think that anything that like rips. It's a lot. Of, most of the clothes that I wear from when I was way younger because I just patch it up. Yeah. And not spend money on buying new things. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, get now, it now. You know that's so cool. so cool. The place that I took um, sewing lessons was called So Easy. Mm. Smart. There's a place in LA called So LA. They're they're clever. These seamstresses. I know. Mm. That brings us to our shameless plug section. Shameless. So 
Where can people find you, Roxy Stryer? Um, on the internet. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. So I try to keep it simple for people. Okay. That's Instagram. Good. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter um, that's where I am. You guys, as we talked about earlier, I'm on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, and and that's, that's it. If you want to know everything I'm doing and want to keep up with me, I'll tweet about it all. Awesome. And I'll try to Instagram it, but not as good as you Instagram. Not, I don't do it as well because you got the you got it down. What do I have? I don't know. You just look so good in your Instagram. Well, you look good in life too, but you look really oh. good in your Instagram pictures. You got that glow thing. Probably a filter. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to work on my filter life then. Yeah. I, I try, but I'm I'm not as witty with my captions as I want to be. And I spend too much time on the captions, and I'm like, screw it. Okay, I'm just posting it. And it'll be like, what does that say? A ringing endorsement for following you on Instagram. Oh, yes, yes. So <laughs> so follow that because I'm oh so clever and post great, great pictures. Yikes. Good point, Kathy. <laughs> Isn't that the part where I'm supposed to sell myself? Yeah. I did a good job, right? Great job. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for chatting with me. Think less, do more. Very, very good advice. Passed down from Roxy Stryer, which was passed down from Kevin Undergaro, who I'm sure got it from someone else. Regardless of who it's from, it's very good advice. Roxy is definitely going to be doing a lot more herself in the coming months, so make sure to follow her on all the platforms she mentioned. While you're at it, follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well. I'm on Twitter at Katherine Kelly and on Instagram at Kathy Kelly. I'm also Snapchatting a lot of the time and periscoping not as much as I used to, but gonna do it more. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the reason why I didn't have a chatting with Kathy last week was uh, the audio issues, but also because I've just been working nonstop. This is my first day off in something crazy like 17 days or maybe more. I don't even know. I lost track at this point. But um, really excited for some upcoming things, and uh, hopefully some things will pan out. I'll let you guys know as soon as they do. But uh, this past weekend, I was actually, first off, before the weekend, I was working with Sam Roberts. His Sirius XM show came to Los Angeles for three days, so Roxy and I both helped on, out on that while he was in town. And uh, then myself and the hobo, my co-host from the NXT after show on AfterBuzz, got to go up to Sacramento that weekend and get some interviews. I was up there covering it for both AfterBuzz and for AllMusic.com, one of my other jobs, uh, getting interviews with bands that were at the Aftershock Music Festival, as well as NXT talent. Uh, all of those interviews are on YouTube and... Ironically enough, they had some audio issues as well, but uh, they're still worth a, a listen or a watch because I do think that there's some quality content in there. One thing that was brought to my attention is, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I haven't been doing the Q&A section at the end of chatting with Kathy recently, and that's because I haven't been getting that many questions, so... If that's something you guys want back, then you guys got to send in more questions. I know Ian B is here sends in questions, Clement W sends in questions, a handful of others send in questions, but I want, I want more because I'm needy. 
Uh, <laughs> but if you guys if you guys want me to bring that back, I definitely can. I made sure that this interview went longer. One, because I love talking to Roxy anyways. But two, because I want you guys to have an hour podcast. I just think an hour is a good time for podcasts. And I hope you do too. If you do think that this is a good podcast, go over to iTunes and rate it five stars. That would help me out a lot. It helps other people find the show because it ranks it higher in iTunes and lets other people know it's worth a download. So do that. And then tell a friend, tell a family member, tell anyone. Um, (laughs) Let the show grow. Thank you to all who have downloaded and rated in the past. Thank you to AfterBuzz TV, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, Mark Donica, Stephen Lemieux, everyone who has helped put this podcast together and get it online. Thank you guys so much. And I will be back with another Chatting with Kathy next week. No more weeks off. We're doing it next Thursday. See you guys soon. Bye. (laughs) 